Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the channel. Not a whole lot of new stuff going on right now. Just waiting for my doctor's appointment tomorrow morning. I know a few of you have asked about uh, my health uh, since I mentioned it a couple of videos ago. Yeah, feeling a little better. Still just kind of tired and sluggish and, you know, feeling old. <laughs> but I'll find out tomorrow morning more about either what's going on or if we don't know what's going on, what do we need to do next to figure out what's going on. So, yeah. There you go. Appreciate y'all asking about it and uh, keeping me in mind and uh, coming back to watch the videos. Speaking of which, let's read some stories. Confused by a locked desktop. So this one is only tech support adjacent, but I've been chuckling about it randomly all day, so I thought I'd share. I visit customer locations for my job. My duties involve going behind checkout desks and other places that usually only authorized staff members of a business go. Generally, every time I show up on site and say I'm there to fix something, staff gives me free reign in the place, not something I like because there's usually large amounts of cash in the vicinity. On today's visit, the clerk left her station, but before allowing me in, her supervisor locked her screen with the Windows shortcut keys. I start doing my thing when behind me I hear a very perplexed voice asking, You shut down my computer? I was working on my report. I look over at the computer and there's a very clear login screen on the monitor. Supervisor responds, I didn't shut it down, I just locked it. Clerk, but my stuff's not there anymore. Supervisor, it's there, you just need to log in. Clerk, what do you mean? At this point, the supervisor walks over and points at the screen. Put in your password, he says. She stares at the screen for several seconds while he stared at her. Finally, she reaches over and types her password. Lock screen goes away. Her report is now on screen. Wow, she exclaims. Supervisor walks away without saying another word. I try hard to pretend I notice nothing while I keep fixing the thing I came to fix. It's funny that so many people don't understand how you can lock your desktop. I guess I didn't realize it either up until I started working for this one company uh, as an estimator. When I would walk away from my computer... There was other people working in the office, but it wasn't usually a big deal. It was sort of a family-run place. and uh, But he said, you know, just so nobody messes with your numbers or even accidentally messes something up on you by hitting the keyboard or looking up their email, whatever, he said, always lock your computer. I had no idea. And uh, he showed me. and uh, But we're talking, you know, like 20 years ago. So I don't know. But it does sound kind of funny to think about it now. Hypothetical problems. One of our two receptionists called me today wanting some help with accessing a public folder in Outlook. I helped her and was about to hang up when she said, Hypothetically, if someone were to delete all of their email, could it be restored? I was still connected to her computer so I could see that she had not deleted all of her email. I told her that it would be in the deleted items folder. She said, what if it's not there either? I told her I would look into it and let her know what I find. I looked at the other receptionist's mailbox and sure enough, everything was gone. I was able to restore it. I called her back and told her that the hypothetical problem had been resolved. <laughs> I can understand, you're trying not to get somebody in trouble, you know, hypothetically. Uh, at the same time, it probably would have been just quicker and easier to say, Hey listen, so and so has an issue that they'd like to ask you about. 
or maybe they should have called, or just spit it out. IT equals facilities. I once worked for a power cooperative that felt that anything power that wasn't directly involved with getting power to the customer was the responsibility of the IT department. I was the lesser of the two staff, and I got all the bad tasks. We had to deal with cameras, access control, lighting, fire suppression, and the plumbing. I lasted about two and a half years and moved on to another job. The cooperative had a redundant fiber circuit going out of the building in two different directions. There was a day when the entire WAN went offline. This was bad because this was the primary way of accessing the meter data from customers, as well as monitoring the power grid. I went outside to see what could have caused it and saw two identical fiber service trucks from BU&U phone company. They were located at either end of the property where the fiber vaults were located. I asked them what was going on and why we lost our connection. The supervisor who seemed really pleased with himself said that he had this work order to move some fiber and a road project. He brought two crews so that they could get done in half the time. I asked him if he understood what a redundant circuit was. He didn't have a clue what I was talking about. Okay, not sure I do either. But evidently it was something that guy wasn't supposed to touch. Help? Anyone? I mean, I know one of you guys has to know, so just let me know down in the comments and uh, yeah, then we'll all be just a little bit smarter. I do know this though. Most of the time when you're doing these contracts, somebody in that chain of command was supposed to let them know that they were coming there to do the work. Guarantee it. You can't just start shutting things off and cutting lines without letting people know. Uh, legally. There are no poles. As a recipient of tech support this time, I have two jobs. I'm ICT for a defense contractor as my main job, and a part-time gig as an electrical contractor associate. It's fun and a chance to do something a bit different. My electrical contractor boss is trying to get FTTP at his house number 39. Openreach, OR, are the UK backbone of telecoms infrastructure. BT is British Telecommunications. This nonsense has been bat and ball for ages now. OR. So the engineer will run a fiber optic cable from the telegraph pole. Me. For the umpteenth time, there are no poles in name of street. All telecoms and power are subterranean. Send a surveyor to show us where to dig a trench and we will dig it. OR. Are you sure there are no poles? Me. Yes, quite sure. They're a fair size and hard to miss. Equally, when there are no poles, it's pretty obvious. OR. In that case, I'm afraid we may not be able to provide FTTP. Me. The house next door, 16 feet away, has it. Number 41 from you. For F's sake. There's a BT cable chamber in the footpath. Despite me sending them a GPS tag photo of it, OpenReach think it isn't there. OR. There are no poles in that street. Me. I know this. Here's the kicker. Virgin Media have already set up the street for subterranean fiber. Trouble is, they're crap. Yeah, I'm pretty sure even the dumbest person in the world could tell if there was telegraph poles, telephone poles, whatever, along their street. That'd be like asking me, you know, are you sure you have a beard? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Make me bid for my own job and try and nickel and dime my friends? Find out the real cost of doing business. This is going to be a long rant on mobile. I'll format it later if I get the chance. So I'm an independent tech support. I do sysadmin work for a small business, security cam install, alarm systems, etc. Via friends in various industries. 
I've been working with this same company for over a decade, but things changed the last few months when the business changed owners and the new guy brought in an MBA. So it all started just before Black Friday 2021. They requested a quote on a new server. Knowing prices were going to fluctuate, but also knowing they needed it now, my prices didn't reflect future sales. But price of getting parts now, as well as buffer cause, availability is always kind of weird. So I may need to leave my usual channels to buy the parts so fast to meet their deadline. We meet. I had a preliminary worst case scenario server, something way overkill, but allows me to work within that budget if they wanted it except the MBA was supposed to give me the go-ahead to design the server. So I called and asked if he wants to proceed or wait a few days and we can save him money since the sales are starting soon. But we should be on the ball to ensure we get the parts. I'll think about it, he says, and hangs up. Five days later, I call the office and ask if they still need the server, because this was the mission critical, I've been told. But I get asked to come into the office as there was major issues with my quote. Okay, weird. I get there later that day. He pulls out my exaggerated quote, which was labeled as such, then pulls out his receipts showing how I'm charging 30% minimum markup on parts and I'm ripping him off. Effer bought all the parts on my list, like all the parts that technically work together, but so far from what their use case is, is it's unbelievable how silly it is. I'm talking about 2 terabytes of data max. They bought the 8-bay QNAP 32GB RAM and 8 8TB drives ignoring the whole SSD portion of it, but instead, get those parts. This was the MBA who said, I know a thing or two about computers. You're trying to take us for a ride on the price. I tried to explain what was going on, but he just cut me off and went on a spiel about how this is business, and if you're going to buy parts, that the margins are only allowed to be this much because they pay for the service and not the markup. I say, that's a D move. He says, it's not a D move, it's business. Being a small business and still growing, his few bucks a month was nice to have and I think he realized that and started to take advantage. We had an agreement that we'd invoice monthly and it would be a 15 minute minimum per call. I'd also like to mention that after making a few calls, I was billing nearly one third the competition, so he's getting a good deal. Especially since I'm only doing two to four hours a month in support. But now I send him my invoice and the dates he wants. Times and names of everybody to account for every 15 minutes. First month, sure. Second month, he's bitching because it's 15 to 30 minutes higher than he feels it should be. Third month, the same. Not to mention the bad payout times, one to three months. I should mention I've been in IT for 20 years. I'm very flexible in my work and what I do. So I was help desk, sysadmin. I'd help move stuff, set up their phones, tech, etc. All for a bargain basement price. So here we are at mid-May. They're moving building and have yet to upgrade the server because they had missing parts they forgot to order and I didn't really bother reminding them as they basically took over the project. But now I get an email asking to bid for the server move as well as, quote, for an entire new building, camera, and security system. I get a quote from a friend for the security portion and send it in, mentioning I'm going to take a day to get a quote for the server. I get a call a few hours later delivering the building security quote, and he says, I'm looking at this quote, but you're charging $50 more for these parts, and I'm finding them online for such and such. Your quote seems to have inconsistencies with the price. Saying the price is the price, I hang up. He says he'll let me know he's getting other quotes. I'm absolutely livid. Not only is he effing me, he's trying to eff my friend who is also a small business owner. I have somewhat low self-esteem, especially with my business. It's new and just me. It's a big thing to have on my shoulders, but I'm handling it. This remark just brought everything back up. The getting backstabbed for the server, to the minute-by-minute -minute invoice for a service he's too cheap to hire in-house, to the one-to-two-month delay in payment. I'll be right there. Two hours later, just no show. List goes on. 
I wrote my estimate with the market price and a bit of padding to ensure I cover missing issues, hire somebody to help with this project, ensure we both have a solid paycheck at the end of the long weekend of work, with overtime pay, wiggle room for parts, etc. Comparing my regular price to the actual price, the cost went up nearly five times, but I'm okay with that. That's the price of qualified work. Quote stipulates that the hours are flexible and may go up or down depending on labor, but 50% of this quote is due before any service is rendered, and remaining payment will be due on completion. If they agree, I'm sending them a contract with the rules. 50% up front, payment after completion, 10% penalty fee after 15 days, and then the start of every month after that. Starting next month, my fee is what is reflected on the quote and not the old price, and I will require payment for a bank of hours at the beginning of each month. No more running for the money. I want it before I start. Being a cheap, disrespectful person will cost him 10 plus K a year or more on top of what I'd charge to get the same service. All because he could find the part for a bit cheaper online and save $50 on a part on a $13,000 quote. I don't expect him to accept the quote or conditions, but I have him on a corner where he got me to bid for my own job essentially, two weeks before his deadline. So either he pays me out of spite or he pays somebody else and they can deal with him from this point forward. So really, moral of the story, stand up for yourself even if it means getting rid of a small part of your income. After all, it's just business. Yep, I agree. I tend to have low self-esteem when I start my businesses too. Um, you know, I undervalue myself and part of it's because I want people to be happy with the service and get a decent deal and everything else. And then I just end up cutting my own throat because I'm not pricing it properly. It's hard for me to, to maintain margins and make a profit. And yes, if you're in business, you're in business to make a profit. So I don't want to hear any crap about that. It's not greedy. There's nothing greedy about it. After all, nobody goes to work for free. You got to know your worth. You got to know what the market will bear. What are the market averages? Also, what are you offering for that price? If you're offering, you know, extra services beyond the next guy and your price schedule is the same, then you need to reevaluate that and increase your prices or knock those other services off. It's just the way it is. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.